Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's up, y'all? It's your host, Will Cooper, coming back for a new episode of the Hunt Stand Podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, and I'm a betting man, more than likely you have the HuntStand app downloaded on your phone. But if you don't, don't worry, y'all. I encourage you to head on over to Google Play Store, Apple Store, and make sure you get the HuntStand app downloaded on your phones. We have a free version, and we also have a pro version that you can get many more features in the free version, and you can get all 50 states just for $30 a year. Ton of features, great details in the maps. If you haven't yet, head on over, download the HuntStand app today. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about something that I think is going to turn a lot of your heads. We got the boys, Mark and Danny from Swamp and Stomp Outdoors to come on and talk to us about hunting the whitetail rut in July. That's right. I said the whitetail rut in July and hunting it specifically. Now, for those of you that may or may not be familiar with deer hunting in Florida, it's a lot different. The deer are a little bit smaller. Horns may, antlers may not get as big, but either way, they're awesome trophies. It seems like it's a ton of fun to go out there on public land and chase after these deer in the swamps. And you might have a gator down below you. You never know. Or you might have a giant python. It's Florida. You don't know. But nonetheless, we're going to get Mark and Denny on here to talk about that hunting the whitetail rut in july because they get a ton of questions and i'm sure y'all are probably going to have a few after this so again y'all we just want to thank y'all for tuning into the hunt stand podcast you got a lot of other choices out there so just the fact that you listen to the, our podcast we really appreciate it. it means a lot to us if you haven't yet make sure that whatever platform you're listening on you rate review subscribe follow it really helps us out we greatly appreciate it, y'all and we hope you enjoy this episode of the hunt stand podcast if we say something stupid, you cut it out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, cool. People always say that and they never do it. Well, guys, let's let's get this thing rolling. So, Danny, 
Mark, just want to thank you all for hopping on the Hunt Stand podcast with me today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we appreciate it. Absolutely, guys. I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about, you know, specifically deer hunting in Florida, July rut. So we're going to get into that. But first, what I like to do to start off each each podcast is I like for the guests to give the listeners kind of a 30-foot tree stand view of who you are. So it doesn't matter who goes first, but just kind of tell us who you are, where you're from, and how you've gotten to where you are in life now. Good. Oh, I'm going first. Okay. Um, so I, uh, I didn't grow up here. I actually grew up in Europe. And w- while living in Europe, there really wasn't any opportunity for me to hunt. Mm-hmm. So when I came to the States, I was real excited to get into it, but I didn't really have anybody to teach me. And uh, so I've, I've only been hunting for about seven years. Um, and I really struggled to figure out Florida because Florida is such a unique place to hunt. And a lot of the media that's available doesn't really apply to Florida. So once I kind of figured it out, uh, that was kind of what motivated me to want to do the YouTube channel was I really wanted to make a resource for the Florida hunter to, you know, to learn all the stuff that other people up North can learn from, you know, the variety of different things that are available, but we just didn't have a Florida one. So that's kind of what got me into it. Um, what else do you want to know? Like, man, yeah, I think you pretty much covered it right there. I mean, you know, aside from that, I mean, this isn't y'all's full-time job, though, is it? It's not. What What do y'all do outside of of what of what this is outside of swamp and stop? What do y'all do? So I'm a marine biologist. Um, I actually work for a, a government agency here in Florida. Okay. Um, Danny'll tell you all about himself. Yeah. So pretty much, uh, I'm Danny. Um, I kind of grew up hunting you know i got into it my my dad and my uncle hunting in the everglades um you know we used to hunt just you know we started off in this place called brown farms which is now closed it's all everglades they actually turned it into a stormwater uh, treatment area it flooded the whole area but um yeah i grew up just hunting mostly we started off in private in public land and then eventually moved into some private um that i got that ended up getting overrun with all kinds of crazy stuff so then i moved back to public land um, and I've been doing that primarily. Um, I, I think I, my son won a, uh, GoPro. So he gave it to me cause he was like six. <laughs> <laughs> Dad won it. <laughs> yeah. One of my jobs, uh, events. And I just started filming with that. Um, I started filming with it and like some of the first few videos that we put up were like very raw footage. It was like, literally I filmed it and then I put it on YouTube. Um, but then when I when I met Mark, we actually made it a little bit more, you know, we made it a more serious thing. We gave it a name, ended up having the the, the whole swamp stomping born from that. And then uh, we had a direction to go um, for my main job. And pretty much uh, I do air conditioning. Mm-hmm. I used to be an auto mechanic and then I moved over to the HVAC field. I've been doing this for probably 14 years, worked for a commercial company. There you go. Um, yeah, for, uh, for Daikin. But um uh, yeah, my passion is is hunting, you know, mainly deer. We do get out to birds and stuff, but I primarily love deer hunting. Man. It's definitely our passion is the deer. That's like yeah. what <laughs> drives us crazy. We love it, you know. Who doesn't like deer, right? Who doesn't? Uh, plenty of people out there. There's all these crazy people that yes. love turkey over deer hunting. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like chasing turkeys. Like Josh. Terrible at <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. 
yeah, I, I like chasing them. I, I I don't actually kill them, but deer is <laughs> deer is just that's what I love. Heck yeah, that yeah. was a lot of fun too. But oh yeah, doesn't nothing place with that deer. How long ago did y'all start Swamp and Stomp? I want to say like probably. I think it, this would be like our third or fourth year that we're really taking it seriously. I mm-hmm. think before that we kind of. You know, we put some videos out. We weren't really like hardcore into it. And yeah. After a while, basically that video where the um, the gator chased you, that was that was like the video that kind of blew it up. Um, that video, you know, quickly got like a million views, and that's when we started getting a much bigger following. And then we were like, "Wow, people actually want to watch our stuff." So we started taking it a lot more seriously after that. Man, it's it's funny how everybody just starts. You just got to start somewhere, man. You just got to start. You just got and you just got to start putting content out there. And so, kind of tell the listeners. I mean, where has this journey taken you from? You know, essentially winning your son, winning a uh, your six year old son winning a GoPro, and then just putting yeah. the content and getting chased by a gator. I mean, tell us how this journey has been thus far. Well, it's, it's been pretty crazy. I mean. Um... You know, every year it seems like we grow pretty exponential. Exponential. Sword. Exponential. <laughs> exponential. <laughs> so I mean, you know, we've we've met a lot of great people. I think um, we've we've networked with people from out of state. We actually had a guy come down and, and shoot a turkey uh, this past season. Mm-hmm. So you know, just we've been meeting all kinds of really good people, um, dealing with some some companies, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's like it's kind of funny because here in Florida. Pretty much any management area that public land that we hunt, we run into people or people recognize us. You know, we've had people like drive by, you see them skid the brakes and then they'll reverse. Hey, are you those swamp and stomp guys? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's been very humbling, you know. Um, yeah, I think that that's the right word. I mean, it's, it's yeah. been a really humbling experience. Like, yeah, it's been like I said, we never expected anybody would actually want to watch our stuff. We just wanted to share our experiences. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we get messages all the time now that are like, like, oh, I started hunting again because of your channel. Or yeah. you know, we just got a comment the other day that was like, I, I killed my first buck, like, because, you know, watching your videos and everything I learned from it. And like, heck yeah, you read stuff like that. I mean, it's a lot of work that we put into this. And let's be real. We don't really make any money off of it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's just a, a labor of love. But you, you get messages like that. And it's like, it's rewarding. Yeah, this is this is worth it. You know, we keep doing it. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been an awesome journey. And and I feel like it's also kind of just getting started too. I was just I, I, about I, to say. I was just there, about to say. Future for sure. Heck yeah. yeah. Well, man, guys, one of the reasons I wanted to get y'all on here, you know, we had talked a couple weeks ago, and one of the things that I feel like not a whole lot of people know about, and hopefully not gonna be blowing up your stuff too much, is Florida public land whitetail hunting. And specifically, uh, this crazy rut that y'all have in July. Like, tell many us. Many ruts. Yeah, many we ruts. Have ruts. We have ruts throughout the entire season. Yeah, like, when, you, when you're telling me that the rut starts in July, I'm like, wait, what? July? Yeah, that, that's usually how people react to it. Yeah. 
the, the rut in Florida is kind of a special situation because it, I think up north, um, the weather patterns are relatively predictable. You know, the, the rut happens uh, at a time that when the fawns drop, it's going to be springtime. There's going to be a lot of food available for those, those fawn to feed. There's lots mm -hmm. of safe bedding for them to be in. Here in Florida, the plants never die. Uh, you know, it's green year round. Yeah, and there's usually something to eat uh, all the time. They don't have to worry about cold weather and making it through the winter. But here, there's a lot of other disturbances that uh, that impact their you know their their strategy of, of life, like alligators. So, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> but another big thing is is water levels. You know, we have uh, a very flat landscape, and when when we get our rainy season, the amount of water that's on that landscape changes drastically. And, um, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know everything about this. I know it has to do with the water levels and that's kind of why, uh, the rut varies throughout the state. Um, but yeah, I mean, we yeah. have, we have rut down in South Florida, generally Southwest Florida it tends yeah. to kick off real early that gets going in July. And so we're, Two weekends away. Next weekend is our our weekend to run, check our cameras one last time, and the following weekend we'll be in the tree stand. Um, and we've got some pretty good bucks on camera. And we're pretty excited for it. Um, but yeah, that rut kind of bounces uh, across the state, and you know, and then you've got some areas of the state that start rutting like December. Yeah, yeah. Man. Some of the further north of the state, you know, you'll have it. You know, December, January. Or even Zone B. Zone B starts super late too. Yeah, so and Zone B is like in the middle of the state. So weird. it doesn't make any sense. There's like a pocket. It's basically kind of around the Tampa area. Really? And it's and it's just like why that little pocket has this late rut. It doesn't make any. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Like you would normally argue, it's like a latitudinal thing. Mm -hmm. Like as you further up the state, it gets later and later. But then there's Zone B that just throws yeah. all that off. So. It's pretty bizarre. Like having hard horned deer in July, you know, in other, I guess in your area, it'd be like, that's crazy. They're still in velvet. They're all grown. <laughs> yeah. My, my deer, my deer is still working on getting tipped out in their velvet right now. And I'm in central yeah. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. We have, they're straight up hard horn. There's rubs, there's scrapes. You'll find scrapes on their water, you know, but there's videos of it. Yeah. Deer scraping in the water. <laughs> Seriously. It, 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 yeah. It's even possible. And it happens every year. Somebody will post a picture of three bucks. One of them will have hard horns. One of them will be in velvet, and one of them will have will have just shed its antlers, yeah. all at the same time. Man, Florida yeah. is an insane state. Like I've been there a yeah. few times for like iCast and some prior jobs of mine. And you know, when I think of Florida, I think of bass fishing. I think of saltwater fishing. I think of tarpon. You know, I think of all that. And until I talk to you guys, I never associated Florida with whitetail hunting. So yeah. it, it's it's a shame because I think you know we we kind of talked about this before, but I always like to compare our deer to like the coos deer, yeah. right? The coos deer has become this like really popular thing. Uh, thanks to uh, Meat Eater, you know, they mm -hmm. talked a lot about it. Now people go and they're always wanting to go out there and hunt coos deer. 
And the reason, you know, they're like, oh, they're really small deer, but oh, the terrain is so cool. It's just so different and unique. That's the reason people like that's their reason for doing it. I'm like, well, what about Florida? Our deer are tiny, too. And <laughs> it's cool and terrain. The, Check the, that one off. The, the terrain is like crazy. I mean, you know, you, you could be walking waist deep through water to get to your tree stand like you know, I mean, yeah. maybe this is why people don't want to hunt it because yeah. you're like walking through gator infested waters to get to your tree stand, you know, at, at night. Uh, hot mosquitoes. Like, it's hot. Yeah. The mosquitoes try to carry you out of the tree stand. Jeez. Um, it's, it's rough. It's kind of, you have to love it or you're just going to plain hate it. Have y'all, have y'all been seeing a dramatic growth over the past couple of years in Florida public land hunting? Well, I honestly, I think, um, yeah, I think there is a lot more people getting involved in the hunting because in the hunting community, because you see it all the time, you know, people um, moving here and they want to learn how to hunt Florida. Uh, I mean, a lot of our subscribers are like from out of state that have moved here and they want to start learning. Also, people that have been here and just now got interested in hunting because um, like it seems like there's like a trend going on right now where everybody wants to be out in the woods and, and doing mm -hmm. outdoorsy stuff. So, I think it's more everybody wants to be in Florida. We got all the New Yorkers moving down and they're like, I used to hunt up there. Yeah. How do you do it here? But there's definitely a, a good bit of um, influx. I think I want to say there's an influx of people moving, moving here and new hunters all yeah. over the place. So I think that is growing. Yeah, I think hunting's become kind of like a little bit more mainstream. Yeah. Not mainstream, but like I think it's getting more attention in the media now. And I think a lot of people are starting to think about where their food comes from. Yeah. And so we've actually had a lot of people interested in our content that you would never really think of as the hunting community. You know, mm -hmm. like you, a lot of people think of hunters like, oh, like rednecks, country boys, stuff like that. We've started getting a lot of people interested that. They, they just want to know where their food's coming from and they want that clean protein source. So yeah. I think that's really cool that, to have, you know, more <laughs> diversity in the hunting community down here. Do y'all think, and we may go down a rabbit hole with this. That's okay. That's a podcast or four. Uh, do y'all think that that is because of, you brought them up a second ago, but do y'all think that's because of meat eater getting on such a large platform like Netflix, like hunting has, if you think about it, like from my perspective and opinion, I, I don't think hunting has ever been on a bigger platform. Would y'all agree? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. I mean, there are, there's always been like hunting channels, but you had to like subscribe to them or get them through cable or something like that, you yeah. know, pay so, 25 extra bucks a month. Yeah. Exactly. So like, you know, like those shows, the Hogman and different things like that. I think those are definitely bringing more people into the whole hunting thing. And um, with, I guess, mainstream TV not being so great these days, a lot of people are watching TV through, um, yeah, through Fire Stick or whatever the case may be, or just watching YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my stepdad, he's like on YouTube all day. And it's like, that's pretty much his TV now. <laughs> so they're getting more exposure to you know, all this kind of stuff. Well, and also even there's been some hunting shows that have showed up on things like Amazon Prime, which, yeah. Yeah, let's be real, so many people have Amazon Prime and you're just scanning through it and you're like, oh, I guess I'll watch that, you know. But yeah, I mean, to answer your question, um, 
I think meat eaters doing, you know, wonderful things for the hunting community in general, like for them to bring it more to like a mainstream platform. There's so many people out there. I've talked to people that don't hunt and they're, but they love meat eater. You know, they think it's so cool. And I think Steve Arinella does a really good job at uh, narrating those hunts in a way that uh, even people that don't hunt will think it's really interesting. Yeah. Our, our content's very different. Our content's really raw and kind of straight to the point, uh, which a lot of people like as well. But, but, you know, Steven Ronell does a really good job at like relating it to things that non hunters can also. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's not making like a trophy thing, you know, yeah. he's like, yeah. I'm doing this for me. So like, when he went on that blacktail hunt, you know, he was ecstatic with the deer he shot, you know, it's definitely not like what you would call a trophy animal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, you know, he was ecstatic. He he showed that's you how to a trophy cook it in right Florida, by the way. He showed you how to cook it and everything. So I think that's where a lot of people that do get shy away from hunting, they think it's a, a trophy sort of thing. So yeah. that's what, I think that's what meat eater really really brings to the table well, and helps. helps and I, I have that conversation with people all the time. Like they're like, I'm not against hunting. I'm against trophy hunting. And I'm like, well, you realize it's like maybe a quarter of the of a percent of hunters are actually like trophy hunters you know they're thinking of people that are going out shooting lions on safari and stuff it's like yeah. most people do that you know that's not really what hunting's about exactly um, exactly and i think meat eaters really showing that yeah yeah i think it's a big bridging that gap so back to florida deer hunting what i kind of <laughs> what i i'm okay i like rabbit holes it's fun so for the guy that's from ohio right now or Tennessee, Missouri, or just not Florida, right? And he's hearing this, that the rut is in July, and you also have got some ruts in December, November, January. Like, your rut is all over the place, and it sounds like this crazy whitetail season that I'm going to be sitting in a tree stand watching a gator swim underneath me. How does y'all's hunting differ from, say, Somebody in Illinois, aside from the weather temperature and bigger deer, of course, but like, are there differences? Are there similarities? There's this very different. Um, so we're going to go down so many rabbit holes. Yeah, with I'll, this I'll one. touch on this one just a little bit and then I'll let more uh, continue on it. Um, so for the first time, I mean, I've hunted Kentucky uh, twice and then I hunted Wisconsin for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like the age class in those areas are the deer are a little bit older and a little bit more, a little smarter, at least the, the broader part of the population. They have PhDs. The, yeah. Cause it seems, it seems like they, when they go nocturnal, they're nocturnal. I, I have never in my life seen so many deer at night <laughs> than I did at Wisconsin where here, you know, here in Florida, um, it seems like you can go out and scout. Let's say you scout for two or three hours. You're going to see some deer. Yeah. Whereas um, when I, we were in Wisconsin, man, during the day, I, I covered quite a few miles while I was out there. And I probably spooked up one deer, didn't see it. And we were in the swamp. I did a little bit of highland. I did a little bit of everything. You know, we walked around different spots. We went around, around at night and started spotlighting. Every field had at least 30 deer in it. 15 to 30 deer. It was insane. I was like, where are they coming from? Sounds like Texas. He was he was convinced there was no deer. Yeah, like, I was like, I, I see the prints. I had been there before <laughs> to that particular area, so I had already seen a lot of deer the last time I went, and I wasn't able to connect with one, so like I really wanted to go back. And so I kind of knew some areas I wanted to check out. 
but it was like crazy. You'd be walking through the woods and be like, rub there, rub there, you know, yeah. like scrape here. Like there's just all there's the time. sign everywhere. And you're like, this place has to be crawling with deer, but you never see them. And then, you know, like he, we met up after the first day of scouting. He's like, this place sucks. I was so frustrated. <laughs> like, he was so mad. And I was like, oh man, I saw a bunch of deer and I saw this and that, you know, I found some great sign. And then, uh, finally, yeah, like you said, we went out at night and it was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they go in their holes during no, the day. No, That's exactly. where they've been. So, <laughs> the really like interesting thing about that is a lot of people here in Florida are like, like, oh, our, our, our public land is so pressured. There's so much pressure here. It's crazy, you know? And then, it's different. Like the kind of pressure that we get here is different because you get a lot of like off-road vehicle traffic because you can't really get very far in our woods without having, I mean, you can hike it, but it's so hot. A lot of people aren't really up to it mm -hmm. to hike miles and miles into the woods. So people use buggies and all kinds of stuff like that. So you can be sitting in your tree stand. Like one of the areas we love to hunt. It's like, pretty normal you're sitting in your tree stand and here comes a swamp buggy just like blah, 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 rolls right under your tree and a lot of people are like oh i'm giving up like this is ridiculous he just blew up this whole area um and so like they think of that as pressure but after experiencing the the midwest like our pressure is like no i don't think it's anywhere near as bad as it is up there because there's so many more hunters up there our you know we have a decent sized hunting community but it's not even the tip of the iceberg of some of these other states where yeah. they shut down school when general gun starts. Like Pennsylvania, I think that's a thing. Yeah. Like so it's opening like opening day is a day off or something like that. That's but, insane. Uh, yeah. Over here, we also have less deer. So there's that, like the population in general, uh, Florida is very nutrient poor. Um, so, you know, we don't have giant fields of corn that feed deer very well um the deer up there have plenty of food mm -hmm. down here they don't they're browsing all the time and so we just don't have huge populations so when you combine the smaller population with the amount of pressure that we have it might feel like there's a ton of pressure um but after seeing how many deer there were in wisconsin and then not seeing anything during the day yeah the pressure just it doesn't even compare yeah. So, are y'all allowed to yeah. bait? No, not on public land. Gotcha. Only, private. Only private. I think also the biggest thing is how our deer respond to pressure. Where if you bump a five-year-old buck, you're probably not going to see him near that area again, and you know for a good while. Whereas here, you know, you bump, uh, you know, three or four-year-old buck, maybe it's let's say even a you know, five-year-old chances are you're probably going to see them again. Yeah. You know, you're probably not going to blow them out of the, the, the area code, but it seems like in, in those Northern States where the deer, they get bumped and they're pretty much gone. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I think that's another huge difference yeah. between what we see here. Well, also, you know, like you said earlier, our deer are younger, <clears throat> so they don't, they don't necessarily like I've had it before where I have like, young bucks come out and they smell you up in the tree stand and they, you can tell they smell you and like kind of tipping their nose up in the air and they, they don't even know to react to it like it's dangerous because it's like their first season ever you know and they're like hmm yeah that's weird and they just kind of keep wandering you know it's like it's 
like, well, maybe I should fling an arrow at him and teach him a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that up in the tree? It seems like it seems like they don't learn it until they've like actually associated that smell with it. We're going to interrupt this podcast real quick, y'all, from a word from our sponsors. The Hunt Stand Podcast is brought to you by Brownie, makers of fine firearms, gear, and technical clothing. The best there is. Up next, we got Federal Premium in their lineup of Terminal Ascent. Go beyond what you ever thought possible with Federal Premium Terminal Ascent. And finally, WorkSharp Tools. Sharpen every knife you own. All right, y'all, we're going to get back to this episode of the Hunt Stand Podcast. How how far are you guys going in? I know you you touched on it a little bit ago that you know some of these some guys. I mean, it kind of sounds like uh, I don't know if y'all ever chased after over the counter mule deer in Arizona in January, but it kind of sounds like Arizona mule deer. Like I've been up there and there are hordes of people going up and down these roads, glassing knobs. Like they're just taking a step out of their truck. They're looking and if nothing. They're on to the next ridge. But what they don't realize is that I'm getting on my feet going in two, three, four miles, and I'm seeing more deer than they are. Is that is it kind of the same thing where y'all are? I think in some areas that could be the case, but in other areas where you are allowed to use off-road vehicles, um, I kind of feel like that's less the case because you can, you know, people can get pretty far out just driving their off-road vehicles. Um, so, you know, it really depends on the habitat or not the habitat, but the, the wildlife management area that we're hunting. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of times when you can hunt right off of a, you know, like a, an ORV trail, a buggy trail, and then literally kill a deer walking down the trail. <laughs> they, they use those trails all the time. Yeah. But then there's other areas where you're not allowed to drive vehicles through. And there, I feel like it pays to, to get off the road and walk a little ways. Um, yeah i think you know there's uh so our our management areas there there's a lot of them and they're all very different so for example if you're going to be hunting like an area that's a a a national forest or Mm -hmm. something of that um caliber then yeah you can get way off the road and be in the middle of nowhere whereas there's other places that are just management areas they're not part of a national forest or anything like that and a lot of times there's roads that kind of intercept it and you can go down the road and then cross over maybe a thousand yards and you're on the other road. You know what I mean? So there's, they, some of them are divided up that way. So in some cases you really can't get away from, um, you can't do like a couple miles in, but for the most part, I think we've killed most of our deer, like less than 300 yards from the road. And most cases less, no more than a mile. You know, yeah. I think the, the furthest deer that I've killed off the road was probably exactly that, maybe a mile or less. Okay. Yeah. I've, I haven't had to go any, any further than that. Um, but I mean, that again comes down to the fact that there's, there's actually really good access with vehicles in Florida. So yeah, but that's why we, yeah. I don't, yeah, we don't really, I don't know vehicles. We, yeah, we don't, but I mean, the vehicles can get you some of the way in and then you walk the rest mm-hmm. of it, but I mean, we spend a lot of time looking for overlooked areas, you know, the areas that people just kind of walk right past and they're like, I want to get, I want to get five miles out into the woods. And they just get out the truck and just start hiking. We're like, all right, see you, buddy. Bye. And we're, I'm going to hunt right here where I can see the truck. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's it's right like, behind the check station. There's a 10 pointer there. <laughs> you, 
pretty much every check station has a 10 point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we, we kind of preach this all the time. It's like, where you find sign, like where you find hot sign, hunt it. Like mm. it doesn't matter where it is. If it's right next to the road, the hot sign is there. The, the sign doesn't lie, you know? So we'll walk. Sometimes we walk super far to find the spot we want to hunt. Sometimes it's a couple hundred yards from the truck, you know, yeah. wherever you find that good sign, that's it. Okay. So something I want to touch on, you know, we kind of talked about that first time that we met, uh, is y'all's season and how you kind of sounds like there's some different opening dates across the state and how y'all are planning and scheduling these hunts based on season starting, uh, what the rut is doing. So obviously ruts kicked into full swing in some parts of the state already. Uh, when does the season actually start again? Beginning of August. So on private land and sovereign lands, it starts like this coming weekend. Okay, so July. But yeah, we July we won't be hunting until the following weekend because so like um we have sovereign lands like uh, edges of rivers and lakes that are basically below the high water line. Okay, those are those are like unmanaged public land, and so they just follow the regular private land season okay so there's a couple of areas you can, you can go hunt those but um we have you know like you said there's so many opening days there there's so many places that we plan to hunt we we can only plan and scout so many areas um so we kind of pick and choose the areas that we um that we like that we know are are really productive so um but yeah to, to answer that question like how we plan our season i think we have like six or seven opening days planned for this this year yeah. um so like two weekends from now is opening day number one and then three weeks after that opening day number two um then what does that put us uh, i think another three weeks or actually three to four weeks after weeks, that we got another one in central florida yeah then it's basically zone c opens up yeah well no then it'll be uh like the area close to here and then there's yeah zone c yeah, and then there's the Central Florida one comes yeah. after that, and then I'm sure there's some other ones in there, but I just yeah, and then and then we end up like in October. Um, in October we'll be hunting like pretty much north-ish Florida. Yeah. So um, we usually do like one trip to the Panhandle. Mm-hmm. So that that's like usually like December. It opens early. December 9th. Yeah, late late December, mid mid to late December. It's an archery muzzleloader hunt that we like to go on over there. Um, so that, that's like pretty much usually our, our last deer hunt. Okay. And does it go, does it go all the way through January in some parts of the state? Yeah. In some places, I think the latest hunt I've ever done for deer was in February. Okay. Um, which was in zone B, which is that weird pocket I was telling you about. So, Mm -hmm. um, there's a couple spots that open late, like. You can have opening day like late December. Man, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover with Texas and Florida. It changes like everything. If you're if you're the kind of person that want, is willing to move from state to state to make your season as long as possible, you could start it in Florida mm-hmm. and then finish it and <laughs> end it in Florida. Well, with that well, being said, that that's kind of like a perfect segue for the next question that I had for you. You know, let's let's say you got a guy from Texas, you know. 
that or Georgia, wherever he's hearing this podcast and he's like, man, I, I want to, I want to give this a shot. You know, it, it sounds fun. It sounds like, sounds like something challenging. Where do they start? And what does it cost a non-resident guy to come start out there? With our- Watch every video on our YouTube channel and tell yeah. all your friends to watch every video on our YouTube channel. Yeah. Well, Swap I mean, and stop. Subscribe. Yeah. yeah. The the biggest thing you really want to do is get into the brochures. There's uh, myfwc.com. Okay. And you can go on there and download like any brochures or, you know, just go over the rules and regulations because um, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, in the south part of the state, you have uh, some rules where it's two points on one side. Um, and that's, that's your, that's your five inches. Yeah. That's your regulations for there. Now you go to the panhandle, it has to have at least three and then just south of the panhandle, it has to have three on one side plus and, or a 10 inch main beam. So, Uh you know, all the different places, they all have different kind of regulations. Um, Mm -hmm. so you gotta be really careful with that. Some of them allow you to have those, to shoot those during archery, but a good bit of them don't. Okay. So you really have to read the regulations and figure out where you want to hunt. If you are going to hunt a national forest, um, some of those forestry hunts have different um, different things. And you also want to take note of quota hunts because if you're going to hunt a quota, you have to apply for it ahead of time and then gain the quota and then you can hunt there. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff in those regulation books right at the beginning of the book that's going to tell you what what's what for each area i was i was just about to ask that so so our quota hunts that we have are kind of like a tag system that you'd find in other states where you get like preference points and stuff and you have to you have to apply consecutive years to maintain your preference points okay so um so if you get one and and i'm going to say this because i think a lot of people forget to do this if you get a quota permit and you don't plan on using it, just return it right away because we get uh, like reissues. You can mm-hmm. reapply for the return permits. And a lot of times like permits get, they don't end up getting used because people just kind of hold on to them. So if you're from out of state and you want to come hunt Florida, by all means, come do it. But if you are going to apply for those permits, like please, you know, be considerate of everybody else. And if you're not going to use them, uh, return them. But um that was a little bit of a tangent. No, not not uh, at all, man. So primarily, Florida, from kind of the sounds of it, is primarily over the counter, with the exception of some units, kind of like some states for out west. Yeah, there's a good bit of public land most, that you don't need a quota. Yeah, most of our public land areas, I would say, do need quotas, but there's still quite a few of them that don't. Yeah, um, get a permit, uh, so you just go there anytime you want. Um. But yeah, he also pointed out the does um, down in South Florida. There's really only, I think there's only one uh, yeah. WMA that allows you to shoot does on um, public, yeah, on public land. So, um, but I would also think if people are coming down, um, they're probably not coming down to just shoot a doe. Hope, so. Yeah, and then the fee is one hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Yeah, for no. for, for uh, a non-resident, she just looked it up. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I was thinking of the fishing license, but yeah, 150 yeah. bucks. That's cheap um, compared to a lot of other states. I was gonna say that's not bad at all. You know, yeah. like I think that's one of the reasons why Arizona mule deer has gotten so popular 
over the past three, four years because of how cheap it is for a lot. It's a good barrier to entry for people to get into public land hunting, but man, this is sounding more and more enticing. There is one other thing you have to get though, if you're going to out here. (laughs) There's more. You have to get a uh, um, wildlife management, uh, is it a permit? Wildlife management area permit. Okay. It's like 20 bucks. Okay. And you actually have, you have to buy that before you can apply for any of the core permits. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I was kind of joking a little bit, not really, when I was saying go watch the YouTube (laughs) channel, but there is actually video on there if people are interested in this um that I've together with uh, the florida chapter of backcountry hunters and anglers mm-hmm. and it's it's basically like a powerpoint presentation where we kind of talk about like everything you need to know to get into hunting in, in florida and you can find it on our youtube channel i think if you just search seminal whitetail deer yeah um, so that'd be a great starting point if anybody's thinking about coming to florida yeah. oh i love it man no this is it's all good stuff. I mean, heck, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I want to come out there next year. I want to hunt with you guys. It sounds like a good time. Yeah, yeah. Josh and Jake were saying the same thing. So, um, you guys are welcome anytime. Just give us a bit of a heads up so we can kind of plan around it. But, oh yeah, uh, definitely a good time. So what what would you say? You know that that non resident that's listening right now, or even resident, you know, say there's a guy in Florida that. You know, he like y'all are talking earlier, have moved down from wherever out of state and they're a deer hunter, but they want to know how to get into it. What's, you know, I know we're running out of time here. So what, what's kind of some parting advice, if you will, or, or tips that you have for that guy that's wanting to hunt in Florida? You mean as far as like strategy? No, no strategy. You know, we can talk about, uh, look at, look at it from a perspective of they're wanting to do it for the first time, you know, what's a good process and just way to go about coming out to Florida to hunt. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, start this off with, you know, a, a lot of people see the, how many predators we have down here and are very off by it. Like I have a, I have a buddy back from, um, where's he from? Like the Boston area. Yeah. And he, you know, you don't see many snakes up there or anything gators or anything like that. So um, he was really afraid of, of gators and snakes. But now that he's been out into a swamp with me a few times, it's like, yeah, we see the gators, but they tend to want to avoid you. Yeah. You know, let's be real. There's gator hunting as well. So <laughs> they associate people with danger, you know, unless it's like most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. There are incidences that you may get chased by one or have a buddy that got by one. <laughs> But that's very rare. Yeah, you know, as many people have in the woods, and as many times that I've been in the woods, I've never really run into an issue. The time that I did get chased by a gator was during a duck hunt. I think that duck, that gator just got used to picking off ducks from hunters, and he associated hunters with uh, food. But aside from that, I mean, don't be afraid of the predators. You know, be aware that they're there. Mm-hmm. And if you feel more comfortable, you can wear snake boots. You know, that's always an option. And um, you know, there's plenty of people here in South Florida that want to help you. Yeah. So get on the Facebook groups, let people know what you want to do. We see it all the time. Somebody's going to reach out to you and be like, okay, you can come down and, you know, we can help you get your, your, your boots wet. It's probably a good opportunity to mention some of the Facebook groups that are worth joining. So there are some that are kind of dumpster fires, um, <laughs> for lack of a better word. But uh, 
the backcountry hunters and anglers group is great. We have a page as well. And like, for the most part, mm-hmm. um, one of those, and people are going to be really supportive if you're trying to come check out Florida. So, um, there's also that e-bike one. You know, it's, there's a bunch of them. Don't go for the biggest one is what I would say. The biggest, the bigger ones usually have a lot of like trash, like talk and stuff on there. So yeah. maybe avoid it. But yeah. um, like Florida bow hunter, I think is, is really oh, good. Oh, Florida, one. yeah, that's actually I, I'm gonna put that at the top of the list. Florida bow hunters, that's a great one. Yeah, because you know it's a community of guys that you know they're very like minded. They're you know it's not a huge community, but everybody there is always willing to help. Anytime you see a question on there, you see some legit answers. You know, it's not like people just hate tasing them or like that. So you know, mm-hmm. those are that's a really good spot to start and you know hook up with somebody that can kind of get you going. Mm-hmm. I want to follow mm-hmm. up on what he was saying about the predators. I would say maybe not don't be afraid of predators, but just be aware of your surroundings. That's like the yeah. best thing you can do. Just pay attention where you're putting your feet. Look around you because, I mean, we spend a ton of time out there in the woods and really have very rarely had close encounters. Um, and even when you do have a close encounter, it's usually the animals running away when you notice it's there. Um, but you know, just pay attention. Um, and if you do that, you should be fine and, okay. you know, carry it just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause you never know. You never hey, we know. Panthers, we got gators. like And the spiders, you know, spiders. Well, like, yeah, we got black widows. And we got, we got a lot of spiders. So I got bit by a spider. I think it was last season. So had a big old we're just trying to scare more. everybody away now yeah, yeah. No, we, we've talked it up we've talked florida to be this cool thing and now it's like oh crap everybody's gonna start coming out here no 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 we got gators spiders cougars stay out um tips for a person coming to florida uh thermocell i don't really use one but most people love them uh, Absolutely. Keep the bugs away from you. Some people like to run two of them. Well, I mean, your um, mosquitoes are like the size of a freaking B-16 bomber. Well, they're actually really small. It's just that there's like 7 million of them <laughs> yeah. in, like, in any location that you find yourself. Yeah. Uh, the other thing would be... Um, hydration. Hydration. Drink a lot of water. Drink more water than you think. Chug a ton of water before you leave the truck so that you're super hydrated before you start your day mm-hmm. um, and spend as much time in the tree as you can. They are, like we said before, they are not those crepuscular animals, uh, twilight animals. They, they will walk in the middle of the day when it's 95 degrees out. Yeah. They do it. From 10 uh, to 11, usually so, when, when uh, I let an arrow fly. And that's, yeah. the, that's the money hour, the magic. Yeah. I mean, to 11. I wouldn't say it's like the money time, like just, but a lot of deer have been killed around that time. Yeah. Just stay in the tree as long as you can bear it. Have y'all done all day sits before? Absolutely. It's <sighs> 95 yeah. degree weather. How? Yeah. I stopped doing it about two years ago, but I've done quite a few and it's brutal. How? How? <laughs> and now we kind of like take a two hour break. We like get down and like, yeah. you know, get some lunch and get right back up again. But God. I haven't done it all day. In a, in a it's been while. at least two years I haven't done it, and I'm probably not going to do any more of those. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I'm from Texas, and, I mean, we're dealing with, like, 110-degree temps right now. And, like, right now, 95 degrees sounds glorious, but during deer season, heck no. You will not see oh, yeah. me doing that. 
Wait, so you're in Texas now? Oh, yeah. Central Texas. When are we coming to Texas is the next question. (laughs) Dude, we've got... We are a target-rich environment is all I can say. About that another time, but we definitely have that high on our list. Oh yeah, yeah. we'll t- we'll take that outside of this podcast. We don't want to let folks know where the secret holes uh, yeah. are. <laughs> well, guys, man, I really appreciate y'all hopping on the podcast, talking about Florida deer hunting, y'all's crazy rut, and kind of letting people know about the opportunity that's available to them. You know, especially somebody that may have just moved to Florida, somebody that's maybe never heard about this and they want to give it a shot, but man, just thanks for taking the time tonight to talk about this. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We, we, uh, we always enjoy doing these things and we love seeing people's reactions when we tell them about our crazy runs. So <laughs> absolutely. Um, good time. Absolutely. Well, I know we'll definitely have to get y'all back on here pretty soon, actually, because you know, for field note Fridays, because we do do a rut report. So, I think it will be quite interesting for people to hear about a July rut report in Florida. We can start one right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, man, really appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks for having us, Will. There you have it, everybody. Danny and Mark brought on some Florida deer hunting knowledge for y'all. If you got questions, email us, podcast at huntstand.com, or head on over to Swamp and Stomp's social media page dm them dm us you got questions we'll have answers for you or we can find the answer for you so either way just want to thank y'all for tuning into the hunt stand podcast and we'll see you on the next one